What's going on, Trophy Kids? We are back. It is the college episode. We're talking a little college basketball. We got to get, got to get in that rhyme again. And then we are doing a quick little recap of what's coming up for bowl season. We're not giving out any picks just yet, but we're hitting some things, some key points, talking playoffs and what we initially think going into those games before we do our full breakdowns in the weeks to come, as well as we are giving a pick for Army Navy. It's a good one. Let's go. Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is December 10th. We are back on the line. We have Dante. How are you doing today? Good, sir. I would like to be introduced as your parents' favorite co host. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I like to be introduced. That's fair. Dante, that's, uh, no, I'm doing Dante, well, aka <laughs> Nate's parents' favorite host, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Tim <laughs> and Michael, for that matter. Just, just putting that out there before the holiday season, you know. That's fair. <laughs> no, I'm, do- I'm doing well. How are you, Nate? Oh, I'm doing just dandy. Uh, definitely not having an identity crisis as college football season comes to a, a quick wrap-up here. But, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing fine over here. <laughs> college basketball season will hold you over. Don't worry. It will tie to be over. And we are going to get kicked off in the best of ways when I make that transition with this weekend, Xavier versus uh, UC. So I am quite ecstatic. We don't have a line yet, so I can't talk point spreads no. but you know espn's power index take it what it is gives us an 81.2 percent chance of a win so that's kind of nice <laughs> i don't think we're an espn power index podcast i don't think so either but that's what i'm no. looking at right now because <laughs> i pulled up espn just to get some score updates and that's what we got uh but yeah uc sucks i've been a fan of them for football this season but it's gone to their head uh everybody in this city thinks they're you know the greatest thing ever now that their football team is in the playoffs but We'll give them a reminder that we've been the best thing in this city and the most reliable thing in this city for like the past two decades. So it's all good. <laughs> 17 wins in 25 years. I told you, ladies and gentlemen, that this would happen, that as soon as the the patina wore off of UC's football, <laughs> yeah. that Tim and Nate are just going to act like UC never existed. I mean, it's a garbage program. What else do you expect? I don't know what you want. They're terrible. They, they've done nothing of note basketball-wise. Meanwhile, over here, we are propping up the Cincinnati city. And that's just what we do here at Xavier. That's all. Well, while you're gloating about that, the number one team in the country, Purdue, is in a dogfight with Rutgers. 47-44 Purdue with four... 14 minutes to go. Well, the basically second half just started. But Does is Rutgers the team to do it? I don't know. I had a whole thing prepared about who was going to be Purdue, but maybe I need to scrap that. We'll get there. <laughs> um, one final note on the Crosstown shootout before we move on to other topics, because I am sure most people have zero interest. I did drop a wonderful propaganda film. You can find it on YouTube if you'd like under the Trophy Kids podcast. But 10-year anniversary of the brawl. Mm-hmm. 8.30 p.m. game. I don't know who scheduled that, but that was a disastrous idea. SantaCon is going on downtown in Cincinnati. So, you know, it shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. A big day drink, day drinking event mixed on top with uh, an aggressive basketball game at 8.30. I, I think the planning was exquisite for the 10-year anniversary of the brawl. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. SantaCon is a day drinking event? Oh, yeah. It starts at like noon or something. What? I haven't what is been. happening in the state of Ohio? Not, what else are we going to do in December? Getting, <laughs> Santa is getting drunk. <laughs> what? What's going to happen? I've never heard of this. Oh, yeah. Big old thing. I haven't been because I, I don't know. It's normally Army Navy week. I like to stay inside on that get day. I'm not a big Santa Con guy, but people love it. I know, hate me for it, but people enjoy it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, SantaCon. And then we got an 8:30 crosstown shootout, which I'll be interested to see. I mean, I won't see because I'll be at the game. But how FS1 handles that if they even acknowledge that the brawl happened 10 years ago to the day, actually, um, December 10th. I know ESPN will not address it probably, but no. I wonder if what FS1 will do. It'll, that will be interesting to see. But it should be fun. It'll be 
it'll be a good time to say the least. I'm just glad UC was able to field a basketball team this year based off what happened last year. That's I'm just happy that they'll show up. That that's what I'm happy about this year. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> okay. Cincinnati is seven and two with losses to ranked Arkansas and Monmouth. In Monmouth, yeah. Throw that in there. <laughs> I know they beat Illinois, but <laughs> they dropped an egg to Monmouth. <laughs> yeah. That's not nope. You can't do that. And they beat Uh, Miami of Ohio by one point. Now, granted, the Mac can play some decent basketball on any given night. Not taking two shots, but, you know, we did beat Ball State 96 to 50. So. And Xavier is 8 and 1 with a loss to a rolling Iowa State team. Correct. And a notable win against Ohio State. Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech. And Oklahoma State. We have three. We've, Virginia Tech Virginia Tech is a quad one win. Barely. But it still yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's we're we're still tied for first with Michigan State and Purdue for the most quad one wins in America, folks. Don't 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 get it twisted. And Baylor. Don't forget Baylor. Yes, yes. And not forget Baylor. They stuck in there. Um yeah. oh and Wisconsin as of yesterday. After that crazy comeback. Right, you're rooting my stat, all right? <laughs> There's a lot. It's crowded in there. There's six teams in there yeah. now. It used to be three. It's six. Yeah, and two <laughs> nights ago it was two, I think, or three nights ago. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> uh, either way, yeah. No, I, I'm rolling in pretty confident. Um, I have some nice friendly wagers with fellow coworkers and friends in the Cincinnati area uh, about this one, but it'll be a good one, to say the least. I will be there. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun, and if you have, are not familiar with it, I would turn it on. It is a top three rivalry in college basketball, for sure, every year. Mark it down. Absolutely, it's going. It's the game will be electric. I enjoy it. I enjoy it more since um, uh, I know Tim and Nate, and we've talked about it. So now I have a little skin in the game because I want to see Xavier win. Although it is <laughs> funny to watch Cincinnati win and then watch their heads explode. So, <laughs> oh, you know. the group text yeah. is not going to be going well. I can tell yeah. you right now, if things start to go sour, that group text is going to get. <laughs> There might have to be, is yeah. Tim driving down for the game? Uh, not that I know of. I don't think he was thinking about it preseason, but I don't think he ended up getting tickets. But he had been talking about it early season. We'll see. We I can don't ask Tim, you driving down for the game? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to other things. The fans are like, can we get off this? But I am telling you, great game, fantastic game. Turn it on your TV, must watch. All righty. College basketball as a whole. Before we talk college football a little bit here, what's going on in the world, let's take stock of the college basketball world. Is Purdue unbeatable at this point in time? As we say this with Rutgers, you know, within with, four yeah, points. Yeah, with Rutgers down only five, it's Purdue. No, because Purdue the talk is, on the internet is they're undef- they're the best team, they're the greatest oh, thing since you know sliced bread. That's where two we're at. Things. Um, Painter has done a great job with um elevating the brand of purdue basketball i agree with that um and he has a crazy stat against michigan state a stat that i hate like i don't think as long as i for my whole time at michigan state till my adult life as a working adult michigan state has beaten purdue at purdue and maybe they've done it only one time in that Ooh. time frame. Yeah, it's a crazy stat. It's it's that ain't bad <laughs> uh, for Purdue. For you guys, thing, yeah. this is a Big Ten team, and two things are going to happen to a Big Ten team. One, uh, they won't be able to sustain the uh, the like a juggernaut of being number one because Fair. it's. It's just not what we do here at the Big Ten. Like, we want it. We'll be up there, you know, number one, and then it'll crash and burn. But yeah. the other You're the Pac 12 of college football, of college basketball for college football. You eat yourself. Yeah, You're the snake that eats itself in the Big yeah, Ten. The other reason is, to your point, is that the Big Ten, not from top to bottom, but from top to middle of the pack, that's. Those are going to be hard games to win for any team. For any, you drop any, you can drop Zags in here. You can drop Duke in here. You can drop whoever you Xavier want. in there. I know we're just throwing yeah. around premium quality programs. So yeah, you can drop Baylor in there. You can drop Kansas in there. I don't care. You're not coming out of this league undefeated. It's just not going to happen. I agree. Uh, you know we're not the WCC, and no disrespect to the 
WCC, but you know, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's just not gonna happen. Purdue is in in a dogfight with Rutgers as we speak. Now, I don't think that Rutgers is actually gonna win this game. I think Purdue is trying to deal with the um, uh, the hype of being number one, Uh, and then Purdue has some 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 stats to you know uh clean up so to speak right they the schedule that they have played has included some good teams but they also play indiana state they beat north carolina which is great they beat nova which is great they play omaha they beat florida state they beat iowa which is great they have some more proving to do, and I, I, Purdue deserves to be number one. That's what I'm saying, but they won't. They won't stay undefeated. That's fair. All right, that's fair. Um, basketball is a whole college basketball. Mm-hmm. For those of us that are coming, the light is starting to come in because we our blinds are opening from college football. <laughs> football yeah. What should we be aware about that you think that jumps off the top of your mind going into it? That Arizona is probably better than you think they are. Okay. Um, I, don't. That Arizona, I mean, I always just think they're sort of a jo- overrated joke most seasons, but okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Arizona, and usually they are. What Usually Arizona will fool you, right? They'll be good right at the top of the year, and then somehow the, the, the they'll pull the rug from underneath you. Arizona is playing very efficient basketball right now. Arizona is in a conference that as you said it before, um, will eat itself. But the Wildcats, also, I don't know if I, – I guess I should know this. Arizona doesn't have a postseason ban right now, do they? Oh, man, you're asking the I don't wrong think, person right I don't now. I am do. not in college I don't think they do. Yeah, <laughs> they, they probably should have one. Let me type it into my <laughs> Google machine real quick. Yeah. Um, Arizona is rated number one in the net. You base primarily off their efficiency. They have a great backcourt, and it's fun basketball to watch. Um, when they're playing good teams, they stick right with them, um, and then when they play bad teams, they put 100 points on them. So it's great. If you watch that Arizona-Michigan game where Michigan got embarrassed by Arizona, um, that's that, that wasn't a fluke. That's how they play every night in and night out. We will get to see Arizona against Illinois on the 11th here, which I am excited for that game. Um, and then we'll get to see Arizona against UCLA at the end of the month. These are marquee matchups. And if Arizona gets away with two wins, I mean, Arizona even plays Tennessee, uh, a ranked Tennessee team too. Arizona has a chance to um, show us why the Wildcats should be uh, ranked higher, maybe even number one. If they can get, if you can rattle off, you know, a win against Illinois at Illinois, a win against a ranked uh, Tennessee, and a win against UCLA, those are going to be some of the best wins you can put together in the conference or in 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 all of college basketball. Yeah, I agree. Also, to the question of your Arizona, no, they had a one year self imposed ban last year. Last year, and now uh, they're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> nice how that one works out. Yeah, that one worked out for them, huh? <laughs> yeah. They also have almost an identical record to this point last year. The article I read was written in on December 18th and they were 7 and 1. So, or December 20th, they were 7 and 1. They are currently 7 and 0 right now. So, there we go. <laughs> there we go. A team I don't believe in um is Auburn. Uh, they're playing good basketball right now. I don't think it's sustainable. You read my mind. I was going to say I watched Auburn play recently. Yeah. And yeah, I was starting to wonder: Is this a fluky team? Is this a yeah. team that I'm going to get sucked into believing is good, but is honestly fraudulent at the end of the day? So we're saying Auburn's got a a fraud warning, maybe not stamped on them yet, but a a, a warning going into it. Yeah, a, a warning for sure. They're beating who they're supposed to be, um, but I don't know if they have enough talent to hang around when it's time to play real basketball. Also. Auburn seems to, um, I don't know, the coach sometimes seems to make weird decisions in crunch time. I think that's what costs them in the um, when they play Connecticut in uh, those crazy overtimes that they had. Um, so I think this has more to do with coaching than it does personnel. 
You're telling me Bruce doesn't always have his P's and Q's crossed? Or not, his, not. his T's <laughs> crossed and his I's dotted? Bruce, yeah. sweaty Bruce isn't, doesn't have that going? No, I don't I don't think so. That's fair. I, it's weird. It, it's weird to watch him over there on the, the sideline and then, like, pull a player who's clearly hot, but then keep a player in who's clearly gassed. I, I don't know. That, the Auburn-Connecticut game, and that was Battle for Atlantis, I think. Yep. That was some of the wildest basketball I've ever seen. Electric. I mean, if you had Auburn, either one of those teams, really, you were having a heart attack every minute. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of yeah, that I'm game. glad I wasn't a fan of either of oh, those teams. I'm glad I wasn't a fan or had any money in that game, and I could wa- I could enjoy the pure chaos that it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then Ohio State, I think, is playing very good basketball. They had a little scare against Townsend Townsend last night, um, but got they're dominated similar- by Xavier. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> they're a team that is playing that has at minimum four good players on the court at all times. And that is hard to guard. Yeah. I I don't so, screw with that. Those um, are my standouts there. <laughs> I have a, a, a team that I think, and correct me if this statement, because you'll know a little bit better, but it felt like that we were discounting this team, and now they're starting to do exactly what they do every single season, and that is Wisconsin being Wisconsin. I feel like at the beginning of the season, people were giving them a lot of crap. They did lose to Providence because the Big East is a wonderful conference. And But you watched last night. Great quality win there. It, a crazy comeback. I hope you watched that game last crazy night. Crazy comeback. They have a good win against Houston. It just feels like they're a team that, from an outsider's view, because I haven't gotten into the world yet, of college basketball, if we're being a hundred percent up front, I'm 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 looking at it adjacent, but I, I haven't crossed the street yet. It seemed like a lot of people were writing them off, but Wisconsin is just kind of Wisconsin. They're, they're the same team they are every single year. Like they're gonna they're gonna win some games, they're gonna lose some games, they're gonna be tough out every time. They'll be hanging around in the top twenty five. Tournament comes, they'll probably win a couple games and then fade out into oblivion because that's what they do. It feels like every year, just like their football team. Like they're 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 a product that stays the same year in and year out. Do you feel like that is correct, or am I completely overvaluing or undervaluing them here? I think you're. I mean, one, you it's a veteran team. Yep, that always helps. But, they, but I'm about to contradict myself. They have two good freshmen as well, so you have. I think they have the right mix of players at Wisconsin. Although I feel like Brad Davidson has been playing since I was in school. That kid's been there forever. I don't. I don't know what <laughs> it is think, about college football. I mean, college sports in general. There are things in in football that happens where you're like, this guy feels like he's been there forever. But college basketball, I feel like every team has a dude who has been there eight years and is it's just like, why? How are you still here? What is going on? <laughs> oh, uh, another knock on Purdue. Um, their strength of schedule is like. 200 or one in the 100s or something so that's another uh knock on on purdue there but i digress um yeah wisconsin is the wisconsin that you think they are they're just off to a slow start the problem with being off to a slow start for a team like wisconsin is next week you are in the slog of the big you start you really start big 10 play and the big 10 is unforgiving like most conferences we're not going to let you start up if you don't if you don't think that that's true, Michigan State was never really able to figure it out last year because they were at that slow start. And it took Tom Izzo a little while to realize, like, oh, it's point guard issues. And it was almost – we almost didn't even make the tournament. Um, but I think, again, with those veterans on the team, um, Wisconsin will figure I, – also, I don't know who was – were you counting Wisconsin out after that bad loss? No, I just no. people okay. seem to be sort of writing them off as like this is a bad team that was like overhyped coming into the season, whatever their hype was. It was just a notice I was seeing in the social media world, and I was th- sitting here thinking, I don't know, this feels like every Wisconsin team. Like, the, yeah. like they're starting a little slow, but they'll get it going because they have Brad David's been there forever. They have veteran guys, and they'll just they'll kind of like muck it up and be hanging around in the top twenty-five all season, and they'll do something in the tournament that you know wins a game or two, and then they'll lose like they do every year it's a consistent brand that's what i thought was going to happen but it was like i said i haven't dug in too much into it just yet but that was my initial read (laughs) yeah um speaking of sparty too where are you at with your sparty before we you know hop around 
Oh man, Michigan State has like the fourth or fifth. Um, is the fourth or fifth rated uh, defense in the country? Um, if you've watched any Michigan State, you could see that. Um, not only are they defending uh, at the basket, but around the perimeter as well. You got Gabe Brown. You got Malik Hall. Um, even our freshman Matt Chris, Matt uh, Christie, and Max Christie, and um, uh, Jaden Akins, Atkins um, are great defenders too. Um, and Tom Izzo seems to have uh, found a good his point guards. He has a good backcourt with both uh, the whole guard and. Um, Oh, how am I blanking on his name? Uh, but the transfer from Northeastern. Um, Michigan State ceiling is very high, I believe, this year. That's fair. I mean, Mich- um, Michigan State, I think it's a favor they do themselves every year, is in the early part of the season they play a very competitive schedule. I mean, they've already played, for those of you who don't know, Kansas, Connecticut, Baylor. They Baylor. got Louisville, who's a top 40 team in Ken Palm. You know, not the Louisville that you're used to have passed, but still a competitive basketball team. They already got Minnesota, and then they're going to start playing, you know, Big Ten Conference here. So, like, they played Butler, too. Like, this is a team that, you know, if you apply the theory iron sharpens iron, they got some good work and some good things on tape before they get into the sludge that is the Big Ten. Yeah, and y'all laughed at us about beating Butler, but Butler is trending in the right direction. Why are they trending in the right direction? Because they're a Big East team. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> we've had this conversation already. I don't know why we have to keep having it, but it, it's just how it works. <laughs> Michigan State has the number two or three strength of, uh, strength of schedule, so one of the hardest schedules you're going to play in college basketball is just up to Michigan State to win the games in front of them. We, I know we're going to have some heartbreaking losses just because it's the Big Ten, um, but I'm really excited for this team. One downside about this team, Nate, is that there is no go-to person. As much mm. as you want it to be Joey Hauser, as much as you want it to be Gabe Brown, it, it's really not a thing. The upside to that is at any given time, you have three and a half good players on the floor. And again, it's not as much as not as much as four that I would give Ohio State, but it's really close to that's hard to guard. Yeah. Right? Because you don't know where the scoring is gonna come from necessarily. You may not be able to leave your man on a double team. Um and if you get caught going underneath a screen, or I'm sorry, you get caught going over a screen, someone hits a three, and you look up and, you know, you're down 12. Now, the other thing at Michigan State, let's talk about some negatives. Uh, the turnover rate is ridiculous. I think they're averaging, like, more than 12 turnovers a game. Is I'm Not a recipe for success. Games. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing is they Michigan State uh, has a hard time playing with a lead. Anything – Larger than like 10 or 12, Michigan State uh, starts to let the other team in. Um, we could be up as much as like 22, and then you'll look at the end of the game and say, what happened? How did you only win that game by eight? And it's because they're letting another team back in. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that the, they're taking for granted that you don't need to keep trading baskets with the other team, or they're just allowing teams to go on runs. Um, I will say – this team has figured out how to beat the um, the zone defense. Uh, I saw them beat it a few times last night against Minnesota, and I saw them beat it once or twice when Baylor ran it, although Baylor didn't need to run it because their talent was just better than yeah. Michigan State. Uh, and so that's, that's promising. You have a big body like Malik Hall, and you have a seven-footer in Gabe – or um, not in Gabe, bro. <laughs> you have a seven-footer out there. You can beat – you could beat that uh, the zone every time. Just set uh, Malik Hall in the middle and then have him pass out when he when the defense collapses. Good stuff. All right. I like it. That's a little intro to the college basketball. We will obviously be talking more and getting deeper dives. I will also be educating myself here very soon as college football winds down. But we are about to head into bowl season. We're not going to talk bowls in the fact of picking games and giving picks and all that and heavy breakdown just yet. That will just come the weekend. Discussion. Just general discussion. That'll come the weekend before Christmas week. And then the week after that, we will discuss the New Year's Six games, playoff games, all that. Before we jump into all that, though, I feel like we should just get this out of the way. The Heisman is a joke. It's been trending as a joke. 
it's a joke. I will let you get your piece out. But the fact that Kenneth Walker is not getting an invite is outrageous, people. Okay? And that's not like, you know, Tim and Dante are homers, obviously. As a, a neutral fan, you cannot sit here and say that he is not. I'm not saying he should win it. But no, he is eight. I don't think anybody was saying that. Yeah, he is yeah. an elite of elite college football players. What he did this season in putting the entire Michigan State football team on his back, essentially, and what he was able to produce at the level he was able to produce, he was the best player on the field, should have gotten an invite. It's just outrageous. It's a joke. It's a quarterback trophy. I know Adrian Hutchinson got an invite. He should have. He played fantastic. But the fact that Kenneth Walker is out, it's just ridiculous. It's a mockery of an award now. That's what I got. Um, Adrian Hutchinson is not better than Kenneth Walker. I'm sorry. No, but he's a damn good football player. I would have left CJ Stroud out. He's not even the best yeah. offensive player on his own team. On his own. Team. And I know yes. I tweeted, <laughs> and people, if they go back, they'll tweet and be like, well, you said he won the Heisman when he thrashed Michigan State. Yeah, because I know how the Heisman works. Like, I, yeah, he didn't win it, but I knew he was invited. Hype. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I know how the award works. It's just baffling when it actually kind of plays out this way, when it's it's so egregious. Yeah. Like, he is not the best player on his... He's not even the best offensive player on his own team, never mind the country. Kenneth Walker is. Yeah. I think Bryce Young probably wrapped this up after yep. beating... 100% agree. Right? Um, which unless, is fine. Unless he comes out and is like... Which I don't think will happen based on how he's played all season. But if somehow... Because I think the Heisman... I, I forget the night they do it. But I think they do it after the first playoff game. This is really bad because now I'm ripping the Heisman and I'm over here like, when is the Heisman actually given out? But I still think it's given out. Oh, no, it's given out on the 11th. Never mind. Yeah, he won it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, isn't it like yeah, no. Saturday? Yeah, yeah, he won it. Yeah. I don't care. That's how much I don't care about this award yeah, now because it's a joke. I don't even know when it's given out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Bryce Young wins this. Um, yeah. It is a travesty that uh, Mr. Kenneth Walker was not invited to the room. Now, from our Michigan fans out there who listen to the podcast, one, um, thank you for being here. Yes. Uh, but your your defensive player definitely should not have been in the room, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, Kenneth Walker put this program on his back. I don't understand what more you could want from a running back to be invited here. You have, right, Three quarterbacks and a defensive player. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Hutchinson is a game changer on the defense. I'll give him that, but like it is, it's outrageous that he's not, once again. Kenneth Walker is not. It's it's just it's stupid. It's dumb. <laughs> Kenneth Walker ran all over. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Hutchinson, yeah. Right? Am I wrong? No. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But you're not. I watched that game. Yeah. He got five touchdowns against. Michigan. Now, you can't make that same argument against C.J. Stroud, right? We got thrashed against Ohio State, but not against Michigan. No. Um, the other thing, too, is that the narrative was that Michigan State doesn't have a big enough star to warrant coming to the Heisman. And this is where I think the argument that you just made um, comes in. We're not saying Kenneth Walker should win the Heisman. We're saying he should have been invited to the room. Correct. The man should be in the room. The argument is not that he should win it. The argument is that he should be in the room. He should be invited as one of the elite college football players this year. That is the difference. Like he I would is. like for people to tell me a running back that did a better job than Kenneth Walker this year. Right? Um, I don't think – I think you'd be hard-pressed to find the, – the, the, the list is small. Yes, I'm trying to think of his name. I, I do know a guy, but I would argue that Kenneth Walker is better, and I'm trying to think of his name, and it's eluding me right now. It's going to hit me here in like two minutes, but yes. Um, 1,600 yards, 18 touchdowns. Like I don't know what more you want. Averaging more than six yards a carry. What? How? How can you look at that stat line and not at Michigan? We didn't play a cupcake, cupcake schedule this year. No. Yeah. Again, one of the teams we beat is Michigan, who is currently in the playoffs. I, I'm a lot of loss for words. This is a travesty to Kenneth Walker. Uh, also, now I don't. I never care. I never cared about the Heisman before, but now I really don't. I don't care about the Heisman. I, a, yeah. Yeah. Get it out of here. I <laughs> hope that Nissan decides that the Heisman House commercials don't need to be played anymore. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. 
So yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say I don't know what those Heisman voters were thinking. I agree. It's also I do think the the media hype of Michigan caused a Michigan player to get in there. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, once again, I don't. I'm not mad that he's in there. I'm not necessarily mad that he's in there because he is a game changer and accounted for. It's just the fact that Walker isn't in the room makes it hard when Hutchinson and Stroud are both in the room. I would replace to the the other argument that they could have made is we didn't want three Big Ten team three people representing the Big Ten. Because 50% of the Heisman room is Big Ten players. So. Yeah, I guess. I Once again. It's a weak argument. I drop CJ. I keep Hutchinson in, and I, I drop CJ if it's me. But I'm fine. I'm that, fine with that, too. That's me. <laughs> um, all righty. Let's talk bowls. I think first thing bowl off the bat. Season. Yeah, bowl season. People. Uh, there are people who will buy the rumors. There are people that will bet the games right now. Uh, just pump. My strategy going to this, pump the brakes. I wait basically up until the last minute. It's why we're doing the podcast for the bowl season, like the in-depth one next week. We still have players that could declare that they're not going to play. That completely changed the dynamic. We have offensive coordinators, coaches that could be on the move that haven't moved yet. Perfect example. Pitts, offensive coordinator, announces he's retiring. He's done. You've got Bell at Purdue saying he's going to the NFL. He's the best player in the field. So, like, pump the brakes. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if, you know, Pickett might declare. He hasn't made a decision yet, but we could get to a week before that game, and he could say, you know what? No, I'm not playing. I think he's going to play probably, but there's a chance. So, like, that's just the first disclaimer as we get into this. Yeah. But didn't uh, Whipple, isn't he going to Nebraska? You're right. I apologize. Yeah. I messed no, up. No, I think you're right that he he resigned. He resigned. And- yeah, people were thinking that he was maybe retiring, but yeah, no, nah, he's going to help out Scott Frost. Who needs it? <laughs> who, who needs it? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know. I bowls, bowls, bowls feel wholesome to me. So when I hear people talk about like gambling and stuff, I'm just like, oh no, I just like to watch the games. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I I. I I too like enjoy games I don't bet on. I hate betting like bowl season. Bowl season and I have a love hate relationship when it comes to betting games because you it's nearly impossible to handicap players' intentions going into the game. You're constantly if you lose the bet, you're constantly going to be like they weren't really in it. How can I be this stupid? Or you miss a piece of news somewhere and you didn't realize this guy's not playing. Or you, I mean, you've really got to kind of pay attention and be on it. But if you're not betting, or even if you are. Bowl season's delightful. It is a wonderful time of year. It is fantastic to have all these games. I know people want to get rid of bowl season. There are some people out there want to get rid of bowl season. No. Players can decide if they don't want to play. I'm fine with it. I am not going to sit here and be mad at any player who opts not to play, but we absolutely should keep bowls. It's dumb. Players are going to start getting paid. They already are. And if they don't want to play, they don't have to play, and I'm not going to hold it against them. Yeah. Now, I will say this. We don't need to add any more bowls. Correct. <laughs> they did have to add bowls this year though, because there were more teams eligible. I believe there were more teams eligible. Yeah. yeah. There's like four, like forty. There's three, so many 40. bowls. Yeah, it's over forty. I know it's over forty. I don't know yes. the exact number, but it's over forty. Um, but also too, it gives smaller colleges right um, a chance to quote unquote prove themselves um, against larger names. Yes. Teams like I'm. I'm gonna say Cincinnati here, but. uh <laughs> this is not disrespectful. Some teams will be able to carry their momentum from a bowl win against a marquee name into the next season. And Cincinnati's, it's a great point. They didn't win the game, but they played them tough, and that certainly helped them in their preseason rankings. Exactly. Without a doubt. It certainly helped. The fact that they brought guys back and the fact that they played Georgia closer than people had initially assumed helped them in their initial preseason, which then helped them get in shot of the playoff, which then they were able to go prove and make the playoffs. So it you're yeah. 100% correct on that. So if you get rid of bowl season, or I guess too is the argument to get rid of 
just leave the New Year Six Bowls and Correct. The college football. The playoffs. argument, the most coherent argument I have heard from people is essentially the risk is too much for kids we're not paying. Why are we playing when other people are making money? And to my point, now I have a problem with people who hold, who get angry at players for opting not to play. That I'm yes. not cool with. I don't agree with it. No. But I like bowl season. I think we should keep bowl season for a multitude of reasons. One, players have choices. Us as media members are the ones that make those choices hard when we criticize them for not playing in these games. So it's on us. If you don't like that, don't criticize them. But more importantly, it gives so many guys who aren't going to go to the NFL one last time to play with their teammates, to suit up. That is very meaningful. It's also a fun experience. A lot of these bowls are fun to go to. Not every bowl. Some of these bowls suck. I got to imagine stink to go to and the packages that they get and the welcome stuff doesn't. But for some kids who don't get to travel, well, they travel with but smaller schools. They get to travel to nicer cities. It's one last time to play. It, some For some players, it's their last chance to put film on tape that might go later in the draft and play in a somewhat meaningful game. So they take the risk. Like, And it's just fun. So everybody wins wins here. Yes, there are injuries. It's a contact sport. But everybody knows that going in, and you do have the option to play or not play as a senior. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things, too, like one of my favorite things to do is if I'm in the city of Detroit during, um, during bowl season, stop by the quick lane bowl it's always the chick tickets are always cheap yep you get to see a, a local team which this year will be western um versus nevada and it's always fun those those fans in there watching their team one last time even if it's like the stadium won't be filled but it doesn't matter it feels like it is correct it's a purity yeah. moment of the sport too like it's not yeah. it's not super high stakes for a lot of these bowls some of them are it's just, it's a fun experience. If you aren't liking bowl season, you're doing bowl season wrong. Like, if you don't love it and come away with, like, that was a good experience, you're doing bowl season wrong. Just saying it right now. You're too angry at the world. You have other problems that you're taking out and imprinting onto bowl season. Yeah, don't do not do that. Don't ruin bowl season for me either. Correct. I love bowl season. What up? Um, I don't remember what your initial question was. I don't even remember either. <laughs> What bowls do you like? <laughs> What's jumping well, off the stage right now? Yeah, I already talked about the quick lane bowl. It's Western versus Nevada. I really like it because you have no idea what's going to happen in that game. Zero. Vegas has no idea what's going to happen at, at that game. Right now, early lines are at a pick em. Um, So it's going to be wild. Yep. I already know. It's going to be wild. Um, the I think it's Verbo, right? Um, the Citrus Bowl, um, mm-hmm. which is a, a New Year Six Bowl, but that Iowa versus Kentucky game, I have to watch that. I have to because <laughs> a, a, the same as the uh, Western Michigan and uh, Nevada. What the heck is going to happen in, the, in that game? <laughs> <laughs> Could not even begin to tell you, but it will be an interesting one to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what is Mark Stoops going to do? Run the ball. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> run, run the football. They'll air it out more. They're, they're a little. It, that's a game that I'll be interested in. I'm, I'm leaning Kentucky off the bat, but I, I, I do got to figure out who's playing, who's not. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, it's a. And oh, go ahead. The last one uh, that is just a weird one, and I have to watch is LSU versus K State. Mm-hmm. Who thought that matchup would happen? The, yeah. the joys of bowl season. When are you going to see LSU play K State? Never. Yeah, this is the only time you're going to see it. Uh, and it's going to be so. That's going to be another weird game. I love weird games, weird matchup, and the only time you're going to get them is in bowl season or very early um, season. And then we already know how the CFP likes to invalidate those early games. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, the sad sack bowl. Oklahoma, Oregon, and the Alamo Bowl. I mean, two programs. Are they are they even going to play? I, that, They're going to run their practice squads out there. I am teams. so interested to yeah. see who rolls out for that game. With, I mean, you lose your two head coaches. You got a good replacement at Oklahoma. At least they know who their coach is coming in. I mean, yeah. Venables, I mean, man has been well-deserving of a job. We're about to find out. I have been... Hot on the Dabo is an overrated coach. His assistants do. He he stands on the shoulders of his assistants. We're about to see if that theory holds true. Because and honestly, perfect fit. Well, 
I don't know how well he's going to coach. We'll see as he's a head coach. But the style of defense he played, they needed that guy going into the SEC. They needed that type of mentality to overhaul that defense going into SEC play. So He has a head coach's head. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like your high school head coach, head football coach. That's exactly who he looks like. So uh, I think Oklahoma, I think, like you said, this feels like a good fit, not only for Oklahoma, but for the SEC. Correct. It, I, I once again, I don't know. He might stink as a head coach, but the defense should just it should vastly improve. Well, I, yeah. once again, people will also harp on me because I spent a day one week going off about how Oklahoma's defense has improved and just fighting people in mention com and sub tweets and everything. But it has improved. The proof is in the pudding. They're not some fantastic defense. They're not a defense that's going to step into the SEC and compete, though. I am very honest about that. But they have improved from what they were when when Alex Grinch got hired as the defensive coordinator. They have steadily improved every single year. That is an, uh, a fact. Um, but yeah, this the my the the style of defense he's going to bring, the way he's going to recruit defense, is what they needed going into the SEC. So yeah, yeah. Um, a game that jumps off the page as long as everybody's playing SMU versus Virginia, that's going to be points, 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 points in Fenway. I almost <laughs> said that as one of the – you asked me like what, what bowls I was looking forward to, and I almost said SMU, Virginia. You think it's going to be points, 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 points? As long as everybody's playing, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know how much Virginia football you've watched this season, but the quarterback is a walking touchdown. I mean, the man just slings it. And SMU can air it out as well. Um, I know they got destroyed by UC. But, yeah, I I, I like that game. As long as everybody's playing, to be a a fun, fun game. We'll see where the total's set. But, actually, I can probably look it up right now. I bet it's... Wasabi Fenway Bowl, which is not, according to this article that I'm reading on Sports Illustrated, is a technology company and not wasabi yet the condiment the over (laughs) under right now is set at 71 for that game (laughs) where's tim are you talking to tim tim stay tim Tim. probably already took the over (laughs) oh you know he took the over tim did we take the over (laughs) tim tim the moment they release lines for bowl season he just looks Hawked for the over that's over 70. He's like, oh, just blindly taking that. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to tease it down and then take the. Uh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is what I was telling. I, I Like, I saw that game on paper, knew it was points, pulled up, boom, points. Um, I don't know why I have a feeling like, well, one, we don't know who's going to play. Yeah. I have a feeling like both teams are just going to go out there and. Uh, Cute, yeah. Is there any. For. For Virginia, there's an incentive to win this game, right? Yeah, I would I would say so. Yeah. But for SMU, I mean the Virginia the Virginia is also rudderless head coach wise, so you yeah. know that'll be interesting. But and SMU just lost their head coach, right? Yep. And yeah. Virginia, I don't believe has named one yet. I got to look it up. But I mean the team. Brennan yes. Armstrong, like I said, walking. Let the players go out there. There's going to be seven on seven drills, basically. Walking touchdowns. He's third in the nation in passing yards, twelfth in touchdowns, and he's got a QBR that's twenty second in the country. I mean, the man. This man, year, this was five years ago, or not five? I guess four years ago, he'd be on Oklahoma. A hundred percent. This man yeah. had forty four thousand four hundred forty four yards passing. Averaged 8.9 yards per pass, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, longest pass of the year, 77 yards. Had a had a Damn. rating of 156. What was his, uh, how many interceptions? 10. Oh, so not even, I was thinking, yeah. yeah. Walking touch, If like UVA football was electric this year. I know they only won six games, but electric offensively. <laughs> Can't stop a nosebleed defensively, but electric offensively. No, the the story I remember from UVA is no, that was Virginia Tech. So actually, I don't remember any story. Also, a UVA. team without a co- without a coach, yeah, no, without a coach, the Hokies. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, a game that I have circled for a potential whooping 
if they don't come out. Oh, please enlighten me. Utah, Ohio State. Oh, you think Ohio State just doesn't want to play that game? That could be, in the Rose Bowl, a whooping, depending on who's playing for Ohio State and their mindset. Because Utah, Utah's coming. They have a lot on the line. They've been playing this. They just won the Pac-12. They've been playing this season in honor of two players who tragically died this season. Yes. They're a team that is physical up front. They do not get bullied. They are not coming into that scared. They have one of the most underrated head coaches in all of college football. And if Ohio State, now Ohio State should win this game. Don't get me wrong. If this was played in week five of the regular season, this would be a whoop. This should be a win for Ohio State. But we'll see which wide receivers play. We'll see the attitude there. I can't yeah. imagine Ohio State is in for a, a physical matchup. <laughs> No, Ohio State has one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country. I can't imagine that Alave opts to play in this game. I would be shocked. I mean, if he does, yeah. then yeah, I would. I'll probably take Ohio State. But I would be. This is one of those games where I am going to wait and wait and wait. <laughs> but I'll give a pick next week. But yeah, yeah. I mean, CJ has thrown thirty-eight touchdowns, four, five interceptions. Um, if he just has one of those wide receivers playing out of the three, um, I think Ohio, I think Ohio State wins this game without blinking. Now, if Ohio State comes out there flat footed like they did against Michigan, which now they're claiming, or I think last week they claimed that they were the dealing flu. with the flu. Yeah. Yeah. So but if they come out there flat footed and let me let's Utah get momentum, Ohio State does not this Ohio State team cannot play from behind. Correct. We saw it in the Oregon game, and we saw it in the Michigan game. This Ohio State team, this particular one, can't play from behind. Now, I've been watching Ohio State football since 2009, so I've seen Ohio State teams that will let you get up, you know, two, three touchdowns and then bomb you for the rest of the night. So, but this just isn't that team. Um, so, if I'm, if I'm Utah and I'm a Utah fan, um, I say try to score as many points as you can in the first half. Yeah. This game. Yeah. It right now, Ryan Day is quoted four days ago saying he expects everybody to play. So we'll see. Oh Wilson we'll see. Wilson said he's still trying to figure it out, and I haven't found an Olave quote, but I'm assuming he's still making a decision. But if both those dudes are out, that all and well, they'll have Trey Henderson, obviously, who is a yeah, force to reckon yeah. with. But that's the thing. If you if the outside threat isn't there and Utah can load the box. This is going to be an interesting game. If the outside threat is there from the passing game, well, then Ohio State should probably take care of business. We'll, I'll break it down a little bit more, but that's just my initial read. Um, yeah. Playoff games. Are you excited for Cincinnati, Alabama? You read my mind, partner. All right. Before we wrap this up, because we've yeah. gone a little bit longer than initially planned, but that's just what happens when we get on here. We just start talking, and it flows. Um my dumb brain is so ready for this game. My brain is like, I am having a constant war inside my head. I got the devil and the angel on my shoulders whispering, okay. this is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a close game. And it is just bing, 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 back and forth in my head. Um, I am excited to see. I understand and recognize, and I've been hyping UC up all season. I've been on top of them all season. They're, as we've talked about, their secondary is elite-level secondary. The competition's interesting. I still think their, their players and the way they play are extremely good, but there will be regression in this game probably. Menchie being out helps, but it's going to be interesting to see how they match up. If they play to snuff in the secondary, I think this is going to be a close... I think this game will be, can be close. Because they have a great pass rush. I know that Alabama offensive line in Georgia. I got fooled, duped, duped by the losers who we'll get to in a moment in Kirby. Kirby Smart. But that offensive line looks, I, I know they looked good. But that is one game out of an entire season. I am going to buy into the fact that they just showed up to Atlanta in, that, in those crimson red uniforms and was just like daddy's home and just play it out of their minds type of football. And that's what happened in that game. I still am not buying that offensive line. Cincinnati's got elite pass rushers. So as long as the guys in the secondary can hold up, 
I think this game could be close, but that is, I think, the that's the matchup that I'm very interested in. So I think, um, I don't think the they can X win, but here. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, the X factor here is in quarterback play, right? Yeah. And so, if you're asking me to pick a quarterback, I'm going to pick. Alabama's quarterback. And this is not to say that um Desmond uh, Ritter. Yeah. That he's he's an elite quarterback too. Yeah. He's been a little bit more shaky than I would have liked this season. But yeah, I think what they need to do, they need to pop on that Florida tape and recognize that when you get a running back or a running back, when you get a quarterback who can run, which he can, and you have designed yeah. plays, and you get that that extra man advantage from that. Auburn has a weakness. Now, I'm not saying run him all the time, but I would have some things in there, designed runs in this game, and some game plan around him, that. And I see, I, we saw Cincinnati do this when they got into a little bit of trouble um, before they figured it out in their championship game, right? Is that... Um, he needs to complete short passes. That also Instead, true. Instead, they have him gun like when he's not running, he's gunning the ball down the field trying to make Superman plays, which he can do. But you gotta, you know, kind of like a shooter. You gotta see the ball go through the hoop with a couple layups first before you you start shooting threes, right? I don't disagree. <laughs> so don't, you gotta take what's um, given to you. Play right within the game in this game, Bryce Young pulled out some move. He is not a mobile quarterback. He's electric. <laughs> is what he is. Until though. you made until Georgia made him a mobile yep. quarterback. Um also it it makes me I know I'm bringing this back to Michigan State, but I can't help. It makes me think that Nick Saban has a different playbook for these games, right? We hadn't saw we didn't see Bryce Young run pretty much all year. And then Georgia flushes him out of the pocket, I don't know, a handful of times. And he either scrambled or he made a throw that you're just like, how did you make that across your body on a run? He's been doing the make the throws across the body pretty a lot because he's had to run a lot. But, yeah, I agree. There wasn't as many designed. Yeah. Let's get some get some yardage with the feet. Um, Yeah, Saban is, I mean, it, it, it was so dumb to bet against Saban. I bought into the Georgia hype. <laughs> I well, also did you think that Georgia was not going was going to play a fucking backup? But so one of my many problems, Kirby Smart, until otherwise proven, is a class A, hundred percent prime grade loser mentality. Okay, this man is playing Stenson Bennett, who I get it, who has played very well, and I was a fan of him. But the moment you saw what happened in that first half. You needed to make a switch and pulled him and switched to the guy who has the higher ceiling. Because you while know Stenson who made that switch, Nick Saban. Nick Saban. And he's done it. We saw when he pulled he pulled Jalen Hurt, a man that had won him a national championship, pulled him for Tua because he wasn't playing well. But that's the difference between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. That's the difference between playing Jake Fromm, who granted, I get it, and I bought into the Jake Fromm hype after his freshman year. Didn't do the things he wasn't playing bad enough to initiate the switch, but you have to recognize what you have behind him and the ceiling that is so much higher. So when they when they're when they're maxing out their performance and you need more, you go to that other guy. And he just doesn't have that in him. And number two point, why are we punting the ball with seven minutes to go down 14? I know it's fourth and fifteen. You were gonna go for it on fourth and ten until you jump off sides, but you're gonna punt it back and then you get the ball until under two minutes. And they kick a field goal. What are you doing? You haven't stopped a thing, and you're giving them back the ball. Go for it on fourth and fifteen. It doesn't matter. You're losing this game. Go for it. Loser mentality until otherwise, otherwise also, stated. <laughs> you know, switching from man to that soft zone to man to soft zone. Um, it's because I mean we said it in the pod previously. Like we knew that Georgia secondary was suspect. Yes, it, it was a proving um, day for them. I thought they were better than. <laughs> I went to that game thinking there you we were opposite. You you called it correctly. Yeah. You were more suspected of them. I was more no, they're still a very good unit. I still think they're a good unit, but like Yeah, I'm not saying they're bad, but that's how you beat Georgia. Correct. You were right. 
100 percent right yeah. on that yeah because once the once we saw it happen right once they were once young was able to complete a couple of long passes then the running game developed for alabama then mm-hmm. it was pick your poison yep they just had their way and and then also georgia's defense did something or we saw something for georgia's defense that we didn't see all year except maybe in a kentucky game but i don't really think this was it in the kentucky game i think that was them uh underestimating their um opponent georgia's defense to your point about punting was gassed why <laughs> you know you gotta you there he's a loser playing the whole game he's got a loser mentality that's why he's a he's got a loser mentality kirby bubble boy smart came out and what did we say Kirby Bubble Boy Smart could not come out in this game, otherwise they were not winning this game. And that's what happened. He played the safer quarterback, he played the safer schemes, and they got their ass whooped. They got whooped. So now they're going to face a dink and dunk against Michigan, and we'll get more into it. Um, Michigan might be screwed. This is not the match of Michigan. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say maybe screwed. It's going to be a close game, but like it, out of the two, I think you wanted the Alabama matchup more than you wanted the Georgia matchup. Yeah, I don't. Because if Georgia gets a, if Georgia's D line gets a correct big push up front, that's the end of the game. Now it's it, it's a lead on elite there, elite defensive yeah. line versus elite offensive line. So Michigan fans have some faith in that, but like that is the thing. Like Georgia, you're running into their best part. Their best part of their defense, which is a good defense, is their rush defense. And you're going to ask your running back to run in the team. Correct. That. And then you're going to have to ask, which has been the concern, and we've talked about it, kind of week in and week out. Ken Cade make the throws that need to be made, and he, I don't know right now if he's good enough. We'll see. We'll break it down more, but, like, you're right. I, I think, uh, I'm not saying they can't win the game, and, and I don't know yeah. what side I'm betting yet, but it it's certainly, when that matchup was made, out of all of the teams they could have played, obviously you want UC, if, but yeah. that wasn't going to happen. If you, Alabama or Georgia, I think I would have rather played Alabama the first round, if I'm just I'll, being honest. I'll tell Kirby Smart this. Uh, go with the better quarterback and Correct. never play that soft zone, whatever y'all are playing against Bama when you got in trouble. That does Terrible. Not, that's not y'all game. Don't Terrible. play that. Terrible, <laughs> yeah. Now, that doesn't mean if they don't if they beat Michigan, and we'll talk about it more, but I, I'm, I know I'm probably going to bet Georgia again. Lord forgive me, I'm back to my old ways. It's going to be how that one goes. But I, the second time around, if you're a Georgia fan, I, I know I've just been hard on Kirby, but the panic button is certainly out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd smash it just yet. You might be smashing it in the Michigan game, but <laughs> let's get through the Michigan game and then figure it out. See what adjustments they made. Do we get a JT Daniels sighting? Do we not? What does the defense look like? What does the offense look like? And go from there. <laughs> this is this is one day at a time mentality as a Georgia fan. Don't don't go too far ahead of yourself. You're going to give yourself a panic attack one day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the other thing about Georgia. Focus on beating Michigan. Yes, hundred percent. Have to. Okay. Because there is a slim chance that Nate just alluded to that Alabama doesn't win. It's a very slim very slim, but <laughs> very slim. Anything's possible out here. <laughs> yeah. So don't focus on getting back a rematch on Alabama. Focus on beating the maize and blue. Because if you don't, trust me, they Michigan will be prepared. It's just whether or not they have the players to make the plays that need to be made. And, and we'll talk about it more. But like they also, will be prepared. <laughs> they will be insufferable. Oh, Georgia fans, you have no idea. You have zero idea, Georgia fans. Let me tell you, we beat Michigan, and they still are insufferable. Yeah, unless you're a Trophy Kids fan and listening, to Michigan, you know you're all right. The rest of you, though, <laughs> it, it will be a hundred years. You will be laying on your deathbed. <laughs> They'll pop out of and the a, bushes. <laughs> yes, a Michigan fan will come up and say, "Remember when we beat you in the playoff?" And then I'll be the last thing you hear before you die. Yep. I'm not I'm I am being a little facetious, but only a little bit. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. All right, we'll talk more about those games, but yeah, that's a good first read. We'll see. I, I like it. I cannot wait to talk about them. I cannot wait to watch them. It will be good. Um anything before we wrap this up to throw out there to the people? No. Hi mom and dad. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yep. We will be back. It'll be good stuff. We are it's a good time of year. It's a good time of year. Um, NFL podcast will be out tomorrow. Make sure to check that out. And as always, Tim will be back. 
Sometime Eventually, yeah, when he's done with vacation. Yeah. I mean, the man just on easy street over here. Yeah. <laughs> We're out here grinding, and this man, I don't know, he's at this light show at the zoo or something. <laughs> I don't know. He's living his best living life. Yeah, he's living his best life. <laughs> Nothing but easy street. All right. We, we do love you, too. too. Yeah, <laughs> we do. He'll be Tim, back, you want to say a few words? Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> Go X. Beat UC. Oh, I completely forgot. How could we, before we end the show, Army-Navy, quick word on it. Oh, yeah. I don't have much. I've told the story. It is one of my fine. If you've never been to the game, I I put it on my football bucket list. I have been. It's a great memory I have with my father when I was younger. Busted up there early in the morning. Got tickets through his work. Snowing, sleeting, terrible weather, cold. Had a hole in my boot. Duct taped it up. But one of my best memories. Great game. Awesome atmosphere. The pageantry of it. The players in the game. Everything about it is awesome. Tune in, recommend it as a bucket list. If you're a college football fan, one of those things like the Rose Bowl, Army-Navy game, you won't regret it. But I do have a pick. I will not be picking your side because we all know I pick. If you're a listener of this show, I can. I refuse to ever pick Army. Father was in the Navy. We root Navy. Always Navy. Go Navy. But midshipman, we're going to go over in this game. This is a historic under game. It goes under almost every year. But lowest total... In like the last, I think, 20 years or something like that. It's 34 and a half right now. It's only been under 36 like five times in the last, I forget, like two decades or something. Crazy stat. Let's go over. Let's have us some fun. Let's have us a day. Let's enjoy it. But it's a great game. Tune in. Wonderful time. That's what I got to say. (laughs) All right, everybody. As always, peace. Peace. Boom.